Hey guys, welcome back to D2D Buzz, the leading news source for all door-to-door -door news and updates. In this episode, we chat with Joe Jordan, the CEO of Ciro. He walks us through um, how Ciro is helping the industry stay ethical. I know it's a big topic that we like to talk about, but um, we're always finding ways to look how, how to um, regulate the industry so the government doesn't have to. And Ciro is a way that um, has made this possible where managers and reps are able to record the, their conversations so that if any unethical problems come up or trends happen with the rep, they can go back on the recordings and companies can do with what they want with that. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. This week's episode is sponsored by Gabe Hamaday at AXEX Financial, A-X-E-X -E Financial. If you feel like you pay too much in taxes, Gabe specializes in helping door-to-door -door reps save on their taxes and also maximize their investments. If you want to schedule a free one-on-one -on -one consultation to learn more, we'll put his link in the show notes. All right, guys, let's hop into the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We got an amazing um, uh, speaker with us today. We got Joe Jordan, the CEO of Ciro. I'm sure if you guys haven't heard of Ciro yet, you're about to be blown away with some awesome technology that's entering the space. So yeah, I'll let Joe take it away, give you a little background on, on himself. Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Austin. Thanks for having me. Um, I haven't done door-to-door -door myself, but I got started selling Cutco knives for vector marketing. So it's it's about the the next closest thing, um, you know that that there is. So that that's oh, you're, why you're, you're I, the cut you're Cutco guy, dude. You shouldn't have said that. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get slandered now. No, I'm just kidding. That's awesome, dude. No, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, it's funny, actually, uh, I've seen a ton of guys come out of Cutco and end up doing, doing really well in, in door to door. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, that's, that's where I got started in sales. That's where I fell in love with it. I never expected to like sales. I've always been more of, um, like a computer guy, um, love video games growing up, I studied computer science and business in school, but both ended up happening. Um, my background, I was always an athlete growing up. I ran track at, at Penn. And I just loved how with sales, you put out of it what you got into it. I was only used to hourly jobs before that. And I could have been the best camp counselor in the world. And I wasn't <laughs> going to get more out of it or, or get paid more. Um, but it was amazing. Like you get to make more money every time you learn something new um, or every time you work like a little bit harder. And it was really cool to get that connection in my work um, you know, that I'd gotten in my sports I'm in my athletics. So I graduated from college in about uh, in, in 2020 after doing a stint as a manager and a sales rep at Cutco um, and a stint doing software engineering on the Alexa team over at Amazon. Um, so wow. Alexa, wake me up to Michael Jackson. That was our team. Uh, <laughs> and wow. and uh, ever since graduating, I've been, been working on Zero. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You never told me. We've talked twice now. You never told me about the Alexa, the Alexa thing. You were too humble to tell me about that last time. <laughs> um, yeah, well, tell us about Ciro, man. I mean, I think being in the industry, people are interested to 
hear about what it what it's all about. So let's hear it. Sure. So I guess fundamentally the the idea with zero is to allow sales reps to take both their mentors and the top reps in their company with them into any conversation that they do with a customer. I always found that I got better the fastest when I was listening to how I was handling the situations I was struggling with and just compared that to the top reps in the company doing those same situations with real customers successfully. Um, you know, we, we founded it because as a, as a sales rep, this really was what helped me the most. And as a manager, I did really well by the numbers. Like we finished in the top 2% of teams in the company, but we hired 186 salespeople that summer and not a single one of them did as well as I had as an individual sales rep. And that's because I couldn't coach them, give them access to the same kind of, um, kind of, uh, knowledge that I'd accumulated as a, as a sales rep myself, because I didn't have the time I was spread too thin. Mm. Um, and so the way zero works is you just press record once when you start knocking and it'll run in the background and automatically separate each conversation you have into its own recording. So if you talk to 20 people, um, you'll get 20 recordings on the other side of it. And then we start analyzing them. So we transcribe the entire thing. We'll identify where the customer is talking, where you're talking, and then highlight the key moments. So pricing, hey, I want to think about it. I want to talk to my wife, um, scheduling the appointment, right? If you're in solar, kind of the key moments for each industry. And you can do two things with that as a sales rep. One is you can select any of those moments and say, hey, what would you have said here? And it'll send a message right to your coach. So it makes it as easy to like shadow you as it is to respond to a text message. Um, and the other thing is for each of those key moments, we'll recommend three recordings from the top people in your company of them successfully handling each of those things. So if you run into, I want to think about it, or I need to talk to my wife, you can hear some of the top people handling that with real customers. You can choose whichever one kind of matches your style and try that yourself the next time. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, you have to have pretty good AI, I'm assuming. I mean, people throw away, throw out the word AI um, all the time, but what, you know, what type of technology needs to go into that to make this all possible? Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's actually very new technology. So we're using one of the most advanced um, transcription models in the world that came out in the last year. And the reason that something like Ciro hasn't been started yet is because the technology just got here. Mm. So if you think about like Spotio and SalesRabbit, for example, I think we're all pretty familiar with, they came up around the time that mobile smartphones became ubiquitous. So as soon as they became popular and it was possible to create a company like this, these companies were created. Now for us, it's not mobile smartphones, it's actually transcription technology. So when Amazon was creating Alexa, they had to acquire an entire company for an undisclosed amount in order to, uh, to, to get their hands on their, their, their transcription technology. Now transcription has gotten cheaper, more available, and much better. And now it's possible to actually begin mining um, the massive amounts of 
of, uh, of conversation data that sales reps create every day to help them get better. Wow. That's, that's insane. You guys, you guys are head of, head of the curve. Um, you know, it's a good industry to start in door to door because the conversations happen more consistently than any other sales. I, I assume, um, that's awesome. So, you know, as a manager listening or as a manager, how would they best use a technology like Ciro or how have you seen it used best? Yeah. The homepage in Ciro for managers is designed to be a manager's command center. So you get your team on it. They're recording all of their conversations while they're out there. And you're going to have two pieces to your home screen. Um, the first is a leaderboard that's designed to answer two questions for you. Who is not working and who is working, but not getting results. So the way we show you that is we'll actually show you how long your reps spend talking to customers in conversations with customers each day, not how many pins they may have dropped or how many you know, sale uh, uh, people they may have claimed to talk to with their tally app in the group chat, right? It's like, how much time do they actually spend in front of people? Mm. Um, oh, I was knocking for three or four hours. It's like, okay, let's see how, how much time you spend talking to people. 15 minutes where you're like scrolling through Instagram, like that, that entire thing. <laughs> Um, so, so getting actual good data on, on who is working is, is, is not easy. And, and that's, that's, that's the first piece. And then right next to it, we'll show you how many closes your sales reps have successfully done. So like appointments booked in solar or in like home security or, or pest sales. Right. Um, so you can see who has low conversation time and then maybe they need an intervention on, on what the expectations are for working and what, the, how hard they need to work in order for this to be worth their time. Um, and then if someone has a lot of conversation time, but not a lot of closes, then there's something wrong with their pitch and you can just tap on their name and, and jump into a couple of, of conversations and coach them proactively. So that's, that's the first part of the home screen. The second part is an inbox of moments your sales reps have asked for help with. So they'll ask a specific question in a specific place in the recording. So rather than having 15 or 20 minutes worth of stuff to dig through, like you can jump right to the one minute or two minutes you need to listen to in order to answer the sales rep specific question. You jump to that place in the audio. You can see where you are in the conversation. Um, oh, it looks like they're closing right here. Listen for 30 seconds to a minute and then just role play what you would have said differently. And that'll send a notification to the sales rep with your approach to the situation they encountered. So wow. to summarize, um, the best way to use it is to help the people who are asking for it first. So when those questions come in, you go and respond to each of them until you clear out your inbox. And then if you have some extra time, you go to this command center, figure out who needs a, you need to work harder intervention and who needs a proactive pitch adjustment uh, using that leaderboard. Dang, no more park benches for the rookies. <laughs> don't, don't let them, don't let them uh, hear about zero. They're, they're going to be like, oh, who's using zero? I don't want to go there. I want to be lazy. Because <laughs> that means less money for them. So. No, I think that's, that actually is a game changer. Cause like you said, you know, when I was managing reps, it's, you know, pins don't really do anything. It's just like, cool. I can just drop a pin. Reps are smart. They can get around it, but to be able to actually have actual recordings with customers, that's the only way in door to door to be like, Hey, yep, you're working. So I love that. Do you, so do you, I mean, a question that I have now is, do you see this 
Ciro changing how manager manages in that, you know, now, you know, he can't be helping reps in real time if he's out knocking. So do you see a manager in the future being more, you know, hands off, going through Ciro, trying to go through each of the conversations who's struggling and help them in real time? Yes, that's right. And I think the, the, Specific workflow depends on the stage of the sales team. So what I mean by that is for an early sales team that maybe it's just a brand new market, you're going out and raising a new team. Like the number one thing you need first is evidence of success to prove to your recruits that this is worth their time and they can become really good at this. They can earn a lot of money from this. And so in an early team like that, where there's no prior evidence, like your number one job is to go out there and prove that this can work. So it's really important for you to produce personally. So in a situation like that, like you want to maximize your personal production and then in between doors, maybe um, you're listening to a recording or two, or you take a couple of breaks throughout the day to make sure people are still getting the support that they need. Um, in okay. a more mature office where maybe you have three or four leaders and like a 30 plus person team, it's not as important for you to produce personally, um, obviously for your own financial health, like you're going to do that anyway, but this is where you can really start to coach proactively and almost be like on, omnipotent with your reps where you can get into like one or two conversations a day for most of your reps every day and give them unprecedented levels of coaching. And you can quite literally guide sales reps through every step in their journey and, and be with them. So I would say it depends on the stage of the office, but it definitely removes the choice for new managers to have to you know, like decide between helping my reps and making sure I go out there and get myself paid. Shadowing, which if you talk to any successful manager, usually shadowing is not a good idea. If either if you're shadowing a rep or rep is shadowing you, it's just kind of a waste of time. You know, if just because you should be doing your most important training role plays, you know, before the doors and then a rep needs to go out and test that. And so that's why I like zero because it's taking away that waste, you know, that I would have to drive to go and pick up a rep to have him shadow. Now it's just, Hey, I'm here with you or you can listen to my recordings, but you don't need to be there with me. You know, most of the reason why you're there with me is because you're nervous. You don't want to go and knock. That's the, usually the reason why rookies want a shadow. So I love that. And going off of that, what, what are your, you know, thoughts on training? Does Ciro helps like infield training, but I feel like it really just stabilizes or like supports the training before the doors. So what are your thoughts on training before the doors role plays and using that in tandem with zero on the doors? Sure. Yeah. Obviously you want to arm your reps with everything they need um, to get through their pitches before they hit the doors. Um, and it's probably not even that worth it for a sales rep to watch you go knock a bunch of doors um, right away until they've tried it. Like until you've actually been in the situation, the person you're watching, 
um, is currently in, you can't really learn much from it. Like, like you have to try it once to know what it feels like, to know what you tried in that situation, to know, oh, I would have done this a little bit differently. Um, now, you can use Ciro to uh, coach people on these, on these role plays and so forth a little bit before they get on the doors. But my philosophy on this has always been, and maybe this is my bias from, from Cutgo, it's like, just get them enough information to get them in front of their first customer and then let them make mistakes so that they are motivated themselves to get better and they actually have some experience to, to build on top of. No, I, yeah, that's, I agree with that same approach. It's just, you know, give them the intro. They don't need to know all the, how to handle all the objections. Just let them, you know, struggle through it. So I like that. How have you seen teams use Zero, you know, off the doors? So, you know, like you said, you have your library of their best reps with, you know, different approaches, different situations. So you have that library. What do you do with it now that you're off the doors? Sure. So what's really cool is um, it, it will create a training library of any conversation that a sales rep closed and, and decides they're willing to share. So you can go and listen to any of the top reps in the company. Like you see them put up like 10 sales in a day. You can go and listen to all 10 of them and see like, what are they actually say? Like, how are they doing that? You can actually go hear how they're doing that. So for sales reps who are, who are um, super conscientious, they can go and, and, and really do their homework. What we see most commonly is managers will find one or two conversations that are great learning examples and take them into the correlation the next meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Project the zero onto the TV. Um, they can jump around to the exact moments they care about. You can see the um, sort of like karaoke. There's a um, little highlight that runs across the transcript as the audio is playing. And you can pause it and really dissect every part of the pitch. And the best way we've seen this done is it's not just a lecture. Like you actually draw on the expertise in the room. Like you mm -hmm. ask people, okay, like, what do you guys think so-and-so could have done better here? Or what do you think you really did a good job of inviting people to participate and creating it, turning it into a discussion. And A, like, this is a really fun way to learn. Um, and B, it's also a great way to recognize people for doing a great job. It becomes a reward to have your zero shared in the next meeting. Um, and so it creates really great incentives around using it and using it really well. Yeah, that's, that's completely different than how it's always been done. It's always been, okay, let's just do a role play, which is way easier. They say, oh, be a hard customer actually be a hard customer so we can get real objections but it's too hard because there's so many variables that happen out on the doors and then in a role play there's you can't create those variables so having a real life situation and being able to pick it apart that's that's amazing so dude that's awesome i i want to get into a topic you know on the previous episodes we've chatted about it and i feel like this is a trend and this is what we're about here at D2D News is we want to keep the uh, keep the industry on track, I guess is what 
we want to say. And I, I just barely got the idea that Ciro could help that, where it's like reps being unethical, especially in solar pests too, but reps being unethical, you could catch that. So if all of a sudden you hear of a rep, like, you know, all of a sudden he has five cancels, and you're like, wait, let's go back to the zeros. What did he tell that customer? Or, you know, what misleading information? So have you seen that applied in that way yet? Or do you see that zero helping the, the um, industry in that way? Yes. Um, I know it's so for that reason, but I feel like it's a good solution for we just so you know, yeah, we want to make sure that the government doesn't regulate the solar industry because heading that way, because there's too much unethical selling going on. So, you know, we as people, as leaders in the industry, like we need to help um, stop it before that happens. So that's why I'm asking, because I feel like Ciro is a good tool. Yes. And it just creates a bad name for everyone in the industry. Like, like a couple of bad apples can sort of ruin the party for everyone else. So it gives people a like, bad taste in their mouth when they think of door-to-door sales reps is, is the people who are being unethical. So everyone who sells ethically should want the people who are unethical to either be, to either adjust their ways or, or get off the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have seen this be used in this way, a very small number of times, um, just because I think there aren't actually a ton of people that are that are, that are doing that, um, at least with the clients that we have. What we see more common actually is a customer will complain, oh, a sales rep said this or promised me this. And now um, the person who's responsible for handling that customer service complaint can actually go to the recording. And most often the customer is wrong. And it's actually used as a defense, right? As mm-hmm. armor for the sales rep to defend themselves when they end up, you know, with a, with a client who's either misrepresenting the conversation or misremembering the conversation. Oh, I love that. No, there's for sure. I always talk about this that there's. I don't want to give percentage, but literally, like this, this many good reps and this many bad apples, like you were saying. Um, so when I say, yeah, unethical, it's just, yeah, those couple people, it's like in crypto right now, there's just those couple companies. Well, I guess right now it's a bad time to say that, but <laughs> a couple companies, you know, have just ruined it for everyone where you have the SEC is going to come in. So I see that as the same with solar. So, you know, I actually like that with, you know, showing that the rep was right because the customer that happens all the time, oh, they promised me this. Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You just signed the contract you wanted to do it, the rep told you everything right, and now you just want to weigh out. So that's a cool way to use that. Do you, is there like any laws? I think it's only in California, right? Where you can't record without like their consent or have you looked into those laws? I'm sure you have. Of course, yeah, yeah. So there's nowhere where you can hide in a bush and record someone else's conversation. But it it turns out in, in most states, um, it's perfectly legal to record a conversation that you're participating in, say, you know, with another, uh, with a customer. Um, mm-hmm. There are uh, 12 states where um, you're required to ask for consent. Uh, California is one of them. And we've actually found that people are basically used to being recorded all the time, especially 
after COVID, pretty much every customer service conversation you have begins with, hey, um, you know, this is going to be reco- recorded for, for quality and training. And mm-hmm. we found it's the same on the doors. Like it's a little uncomfortable to ask at first, but it's also a little uncomfortable to knock on a door at first. Yeah. And most customers actually feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that all the information they're getting is right. And that this is like a legit company that actually cares about making sure that the conversations that are taking place are accurate and ethical. So mm-hmm. um, we, uh, we show sales reps how to actually ask for consent in those states when, when it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like on the doors, Ciro is of course an amazing tool. And I feel like it's even a more amazing tool when you're solar selling solar and sitting down with the customer because you're already comfortable. And then you just say, Hey, yeah, I'm going to record this conversation. And just like we were talking about to say, I'm going to record it for your purpose and my purpose. So then you're getting so many benefits out of this your training benefits, um, also legal benefits. I was just on a phone call um, for Cube. And anyways, we were just chatting about welcome calls um, for pest control. And yeah, it's like welcome calls are super important because it, you know, it's the customer stating, yes, I agree, I agree, I agree. So if you're zero is literally doing that because they're already having to sign the agreements in solar, but all the verbal stuff, it's like, oh, he told me this. It's like, let's pull up the conversation. And dude, that's like that solution right there should get every solar company to be like, yes, my reps need to use zero because you can't just film it on your iPhone. You don't have enough storage for that. It's, people don't realize how much data that you guys are gathering and having to store. Um, and so it's crazy. So I, I like that solution. Do you see a lot of solar companies using it that way, using it in closes, not just on the doors? Yeah, they're, they're just starting to, um, which, is, which is really exciting. And the other thing that, that solar companies are really liking about it is when a sales rep sets an appointment on the doors, they can, at least in set or closer model contexts, send the recording of that set to the closer. Mm-hmm. So the closer can do two things with that. One, they start off with all the rapport that the sales rep built, and they can hear the customer's concerns, interest points, and, and so forth in the customer's own words and tone of voice. And so they come much better prepared to actually close the sale, which makes the sales, uh, the setter more money and they're more money, right? So mm-hmm. a setter can literally just make more money, even if they never listen to any of their recordings, just by recording them and sending them to their closer. Wow. Um, the second thing it does for the closers is it helps them manage their time better. Um, mm-hmm. You can figure out if it was a real set, make sure they actually asked for the bill. They said, yes, like, my husband is going to be there or my wife is going to be there. They mentioned they were qualified, right? And you can make sure it's a legit set before you drive an hour to go close it. Yeah. Because most sets, you know, I'd say if if you're getting the bill and setting the appointment, five to seven minutes is what it should be. So yeah, you'd rather on your way, maybe driving out, listen to the five to seven minutes. And then if you're seven minutes out, it's an hour drive and then you realize, well, these guys are not definitely not going to be qualified. I'm not driving out. 
um, you know, you can use your own judgment where if you're like, still want to risk it, of course, go and drive. But if you feel like you hear something in there, you're like, nope, could save you a lot of time. Yeah, there's, you know, a ton of benefits, serials changing, you know, a ton of the w- ways that door-to-door has done things. So it's pretty crazy. It's It seems like a simple solution, which in theory it is. I know on the back end with the AI, data storage, the transcription AI and all that, it's really um, complex, but it is actually pretty simple that, you know, people should take a part of it. So, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I know before we were chatting and I was just trying to get your thoughts on, you know, how to motivate reps because there's a lot of reps listening right now. They're in the middle of the summer. Zero's cool. Um, but, you know, you as a sales rep, you being in the industry, being around sales leaders, what are some, you know, habits or thoughts that you have just to help reps make it through the summer? Yeah. I would not have been able to get through being a sales rep or a founder without adopting the, the mindset of focusing on activity over results. Um, and, this, and this may be a controversial take, but I, f- I feel like it's not healthy to always be focusing on, on the next contest or um, you know, your, your sales for the week. If you're competitive, it can be like a short-term burst of energy, like chugging a Red Bull or something. But like in the long-term, you can crash from that because it's, it's not really a sustainable source of motivation. I mean, it was unhealthy how good I was at, at multiplying by 0.3, which was my commission. Um, you know, about right after a sale in my head, it's like divide by 10 and multiply by three, divide by 10 and multiply by three. And, and it's not healthy. Um, what I found has always worked the best for me is to mentally turn the job into a game and let go of the outcome and just play the game of doing the things that, you know, um, you need to do to get the results and let the results take care of themselves. So to, to make this more concrete, um, you know, one of the things I have to do in my day-to-day now is, you know, send out outreach to find engineers that we're going to hire. And what makes it a lot harder is if I'm obsessing every single message about like, oh, trying to convince them, convince them, convince them to get on a call with me it's a lot more healthy to just focus on, I'm going to write a good message. And if he responds, great. If not, no problem. Um, same thing. Wait, in sales. You just got a slack right there. He just responded. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in, in a sales context, it's like, sometimes I used to get really flustered when someone gives an objection because it's like, oh, I need to handle this. I need to handle this. I need to convince them to get over the reason. And it changes when you just say, hey, okay, I know how to handle this. I'm going to focus on just handling it to the best of my ability and see what happens. Um, and, and that's been such a healthy adjustment for me. And we're actually going to be building, um, you know, experiences inside zero to help more sales reps adopt this mindset. But this is, this is the only sustainable way I've found to continue performing at a high level in sales and as a founder. Yeah. Especially in door to door, it's, you have so many, um, results that you're expecting during the day people are expecting of you but like you said it's just focusing on those activities and you know and so like in solar like what would those 
activities be um, in your mind? It would be just, I guess, well, you would have this, the setter activities and the closer activities. Um, so for a setter, just focus on how many doors you can knock, how many objections you can overcome, and then um, how many bills you can ask for, how many appointments you can set. Like, you know, I think you're right. Yeah, going along the process, like that's what's always helped me with that is saying, okay, I'm going to knock on the door. What's the next step after that? And what's the next step? And what's the next step? And yes. making it to the next step instead of thinking, oh, I need to get the appointment or get the bill. That's when it stresses you out because you're like so focused on that. You aren't even focused on the objections that are coming out. It's just, okay, now I need to go through my intro. Okay, I did that. Okay, now I need to get, you know, now I need to ask for the bill. Okay, well, they give me an objection. Cool. I know how to, you know, handle that objection. Okay, ask for the bill again. Okay, now they went and got it. Cool. Now let's do the appointment. That's all you need to do as a setter. And I think that's why some people just strive to be like the best setter and they are the best setters because they they can just follow that process and it's just easy if you follow it. And then a closer is a lot different because there's so many different variables that can happen in a close, but no, I agree. And then if you focus on those activities, you're going to get the result. Um, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's in zero with that. Um, yeah, it was great having you, man. I know, um, this is actually a great yeah, conversation. I know we were, we were able to talk about your business, what you're doing, but I think we got so much good conversation about training, you know, how to better train, how to use new technology to train in this, this new world. So it was great, man. Any, any last words? What are your last comments for the, the viewers, listeners? Focus on the inputs, not, uh, not the outputs. The outputs will take care of themselves. Um, and, uh, if you're not going to record, um, like in zero, at least record using voice memos or something else, I promise you, you'll be shocked at how much you learn, but I think zero is the best way to record. And if you want to give it a shot, uh, do our website, zero.ai, and uh, you can sign up for the wait list. We'll be onboarding new companies, uh, starting in September. Hopefully see you there. Awesome. Do it, everyone. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Thanks for hopping on, Joe. Um, and thanks to everyone else for hopping on. And we'll catch you next time. Good luck out there, guys.